Good morning, Arkansas. Your morning show is on the radio. Good morning, Kelly Perry. Good morning, Brandon Baxter. Here we are. Today is Wednesday. It's November the 17th of 2021. One week and one day away from Thanksgiving. Mm. How about that? Yay. <laughs> hey, is your mom still coming to town? I think so, yeah. That is awesome. Is she bringing her husband with her? Yes, she is. Does that upset you? Son of a gun. Yeah. That sucker ruins everything. I know. (laughs) I thought maybe she was looking to get away for Thanksgiving. No, she's actually bringing bringing him with her. Don't most people want to get away from their family on Thanksgiving? Well, you always say that. Easy now. uh (laughs) Easy now. So today, November the 17th, it's National Take a Hike Day. Speaking Uh, of family. I'm out of here. It's Homemade Bread Day. It's Education Support Professionals Day. Butter Day. It's also Unfriend Day. Oh. So what I was going to do is... Go uh, <laughs> through your list. No. And tell everyone who you're unfriending. I never want to hurt anybody's feelings. Yeah. Even people who I have realized over time have unfriended me. Ooh. I haven't unfriended them. That's embarrassing. That is it. Like, what did I do? Yeah. This has been a constant question of mine since social media was a deal. Like, if you realize that somebody was so uninterested in you... That they just deleted you from something that's so easy to skip. That's almost worse than being mad at you. They're so uninterested in you that they unfollow you. Not because they're mad. Not because they don't like you. They're just like, mm. Boring. Yeah. What's the deal with that? <laughs> I don't know. What does that ever do to anybody? <laughs> All I try to do is be a good human. Oh, okay. So I'm sorry if I'm so boring that you unfriended me. <laughs> Y'all, there are a few of you I know that unfriended me. He'll be on I was like, all day. Like, what happened? Why? It makes me want to say, what happened? You should ask them. Like, why did you do that? It's fine to ask them. I don't know if it's fine. You just to ask. might not like their uh, response. It's going to be oh, just trying to clean out my friends list. Well, why'd you have to clean me out of there? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Mm. So I guess I probably shouldn't start today with those feelings, but <laughs> on unfriend day, it is what it is, right? Let's throw one back on this day in country music with Brandon Baxter in the morning. So the year was 2011 and Blake Shelton had the number one song in country music on this day. Years ago today, Blake Shelton had the number one song. It's God Gave Me You from 2011. It's one of my favorites. There's more here than what we're seeing. A divine conspiracy. That you, an angel lovely, could somehow fall for me. You always be love's great martyr. And I'll be the flattered fool.
10 years ago today. We are stitched together. God gave me you for the ups and downs God gave me you for the days of doubt God gave me you for the ups and downs God gave me you for the days of Decade ago, this was number one. It's Blake Shelton, and God gave me you. Number one on this day. In 2011. Brandon Baxter in the morning. Hi, good morning. Welcome to Wednesday. It's November the 17th. And y'all, as always, Kelly Perry. Well, she's got three words for you. Good morning, Arkansas. Brandon Baxter in the mornings. Gotcha gossip. All right, gotcha gossip today on Britney Spears. So really, we've followed this whole talk on Britney and her family for the last couple of years, the Free Britney movement, the documentaries, all the stuff. And we told you that last Friday, Britney was released, was freed from the conservatorship where her family kind of controlled so much of her life. Uh, She posted this video to Instagram, which Kelly said is one of the most normal things Britney's done on social media Mm -hmm. in a long time where, I mean, she was dressed like Britney, but at the same point, she seemed a little bit more happy, Uh a little more real. Uh, She talks about how so many fans are asking her, hey, Brittany, now that you're free, what's going to be next? Here is part of what Britney Spears said on Instagram. Okay, so I'm here today to answer all of your guys' questions. And the first main question that you guys have been asking me is, what am I going to do now that the conservatorship's over with? Very good question. Well, let's see. I've been in the conservatorship for 13 years. It's a really long time to be in a situation you don't want to be in. Um, so I'm just grateful, honestly, for each day and being able to have um, the keys to my car and being able to be independent and feel like a woman and um, owning an ATM card, seeing cash for the first time, being able to buy candles. It's the little things for us women, but it makes a huge difference. And um, I'm grateful for that. You know, it's nice. It's really nice. It's wild to me. She had so little access to the stuff that she worked so hard for. When she says see cash for the first time. Right. Like, I'm like, what? Like, yeah. That, so to me, it was worse than I even thought, mm-hmm. even though they tried to control so much of what she did with the recording devices in the home, telling her she can't have kids. There is a story that she has said she wants to have another baby mm-hmm. and she's hoping for a girl. Uh, there's a story that says her mother, Lynn, showed up from Louisiana and uh, showed up in California and Brittany wouldn't let her in. Uh, Brittany also says in the Instagram caption, and this is pretty brutal. She says, here's the quote. Honestly, it still blows my mind every day that I wake up how my family and the conservatorship were able to do what they did to me. It was demoralizing and degrading. She goes on to say, 
I'm not even mentioning all the bad things they did to me, which they should all be in jail for. Yes, including my church-going mother. She goes on to say, I'm used to keeping the peace for the family and keeping my mouth shut, but not this time. So, Britney's fired up. She's free. She's able to speak, and her social media probably will be fired for the next little bit. Got you gossip on Travis Scott. Way too formal, y'all know I don't follow suit. Dash, most of these girls ain't got a clue. So a total of 10 people have now lost their lives as a result of the Astroworld fi- uh, Festival, mm. the most recent being a nine-year-old boy. So they're still investigating what caused the deaths, but those that were there, say a crowd crushed, trapped, trampled, and, suff- and suffocated fans, well now Travis Scott, Drake, Apple, Live Nation, and several other entities that had to do with that, had to deal with that concert uh, now have to answer to a massive $750 lawsuit brought against them by more than 125 fans, wow. including the family of the one who died at the festival. Now, this is the first lawsuit with no doubt there's going to be more to come, but they're placing the blame on Travis and the concert organizers, or organizers for negligence, saying his team did not uh, train people properly. They did not train security and they did not know how to host a safe event. Wow. So as far as some of the individuals suing the family of the 21 year old who was allegedly crushed and killed by the crowd, uh, the $750 million is to cover, they say, both the physical and mental health injuries as well as the loss of life. Now, we know no amount of money is going to ever make the people who lost someone whole again. That money's not going to bring somebody back, but they're looking to take care of expenses, fix, make up for the loss that those people have suffered. But fans were given uh, refunds almost immediately, but that's probably not going to be enough. Travis Scott, among others, involved in that Astro World Festival, now facing a $750 million lawsuit. All right, got your gossip today on Taylor Swift. All right, so Taylor Swift has the support now of Dionne Warwick. (laughs) That's good. Yeah, so here's what has happened. Dionne Warwick has weighed in on the entire deal with the scarf. If, If you've heard the song all too well and you saw Taylor maybe perform this on SNL over the weekend, in the song, which is based on Jake Gyllenhaal and her relationship, her past relationship, she talks about how Jake Gyllenhaal kept this scarf. It was one of Taylor's scarves, and... I guess he wouldn't give it back. This is a line from the actual song. But you keep my old scarf from that very first week. Cause it reminds you of innocence and it smells like me. You can't get rid of it. Cause you remember it all too well. So Dion Warwick takes to Twitter. <laughs> She's 80 years old and she tweets about this song. She says, and I quote, if that young man has Taylor's scarf, he should return it. Oh. It does not belong to you. Box it up and I will pay the postage, Jake. <laughs> After that, did she go, keep smiling? I mean, basically, <laughs> this is Dionne Warwick, man. She's taken up for Taylor Swift. That's a real friend. Keep smiling, keep shining, knowing you can always count on. I wonder if she knew that she was going to take up for Taylor Swift because she's psychic. Ooh, Dionne Warwick, man, the first person you would expect to have Taylor Swift's back. And of course, every morning here on Brandon Baxter in the morning, we... Gotcha gossip. Brandon Baxter in the morning. One thing I've noticed about Kelly as, uh, you know, we went through the summer and it got really hot was she had uh, sweat rings a lot of times on her shirts. 
Underarm stuff. D- yeah, yeah. Typically, I do have a lot of sweat rings. She do wolves up and you, uh-huh. you know wolves down just a little bit, <laughs> buddy. It's a, I mean, it is what I it is. I was the only one told to put my wolves down. Put your wolves down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, did you know that we might be putting our antiperspirant on wrong? What do you What do you mean? Yeah, there's like a life hack deal that says that you're supposed to put your antiperspirant on at night after your shower. Really? Yeah. So most of us probably shower and put it on first thing in the morning, right? And we think, hey, it's going to take care of us for 24 hours. But they say technically the best way to do that is uh, to do that at night. And they say that when you put it on at night, it gives your body and your skin more time to absorb the active ingredients, which is usually aluminum. And at that point, uh, it absorbs better and will be more preventative of the sweat rings that you've been so privy to. Wow, I'm going to just start doing doing this immediately. Well, and they do say that, you know, for some people, they're like, wait, if I'm going to, you know, wake up and do something the next day, should I do that? And they say yes, because the antiperspirant is going to last anywhere from 24 to 48 hours and it won't wipe off once it soaks into the skin. Well, so we might have been doing that wrong our entire hmm. lives. 44 years of not understanding that I was doing that whole thing <laughs> wrong. Kelly, too. So. If you see any of the photos with her and the okay. rings around there, just don't say anything about it. Thank them. you. It does tend to be a tad bit awkward. <laughs> Brandon Baxter in the morning. So if you're a fan of The Office, there's some really interesting information out today. And when I read it, I was like, oh gosh, this would have been something that I would not have been a fan of. So John Krasinski, who played Jim Halpert, reveals that uh, there was a point in um, season eight, there was an episode called After Hours and Jim's on this Florida business trip, and the receptionist tries to seduce him, if you remember that. Yep. Um, The story is is that the producers wanted him to go along with it and end up cheating on Pam. So Pam was away on maternity leave, and the story was going to be that Jim would have cheated on her. You know what? In the hotel. I don't think fans, because I'm a diehard fan, I would have not been happy. So John Krasinski says, and this is what he said. He, he said he actually put his foot down and said, no, I'm not going to shoot that. He didn't think it was good for the characters. He said he thought that there was a threshold uh, which we, that, that the show could push the audience. And there was a moment where maybe you've gone too far. And he thought that Jim cheating was a point that they could never come back from. That, that's tr- good job, John. I know. But I'm sitting there thinking about because there were like parts of the show. Like I love the show, mm-hmm. but there were parts that weren't my favorite. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of the parts where Jim and Pam were kind of separate. I know. Like when Pam went to art school and there were the guys that she was talking to. Why was I mad at Pam? But here's the thing. The whole show. Now, you know, it's about Michael Scott mm-hmm. and Dunder Mifflin. But the whole show, the whole the, all seasons, it's basically just a huge love story between Jim and Pam. And yeah. when they when they concocted it and when they started it, that's what the whole thing is kind of based on their relationship and how it goes through, you know, all of those years. So I think that they probably did a did the right thing. By not doing yes. the Yes. But the whole idea when she went off to art school and there was a guy kind of flirting with her and Jim was back at the office, I was mad at the guy, I was mad at Pam. Then there was a point where where Jim went off and he was working for the the other company when he left. Dunder Mifflin. I didn't like that. I wanted them together. I know. The whole time. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to see any trials and tribulations. We just watched the episode the other day where um, Pam's uh, mom and dad are going through the split. and oh. She's mad at Jim. And at the end of it, it what does she say? Cry. She, she basically comes back and says something like, he said, was it my fault that your dad is breaking up with your mom? And she said, yes. And he looked at her. He goes, what did I say? Yeah. And she said something like, he said that he had never felt the way, I guess, 
I forget what the actual words were. I'll mess it up. But basically saying that he didn't love her the way I don't know that he should. And it was kind of like saying that I, I'm I'm messing it up, Brandon. Help me. So <laughs> basically you see me messing up. Pam's dad would watch how Jim would treat Pam and see how he would react when she would walk into the room. And he and Jim's dad never felt that for the mom. That's the one we watched the other day. Yes. And it is really it emotional. was so good. But the crazy thing about that is in this new book, Welcome to Dunder Mifflin, the, uh, the ultimate oral history of the office. John Krasinski reels that the producers, including Paul Lieberstein, who was Toby yeah. Fenderson, was the main one pushing for Jim to cheat on Pam. Toby. I mean, tell me that wouldn't have been a disaster in season <laughs> eight. But a wild story out today. I know this sounds crazy. Believe me, I know it. It's crazy. That sounds kind of crazy. You must be crazy. And people are crazy. So if you lived through the 80s like we did, you may remember McGruff the crime dog. And yes. his catchphrase was, take a bite out of crime. I remember, remember that, that, yeah. But sometimes crime may take a bite out of you. A bunch of women were brawling outside a bar in Louisiana. And the cops had to break it up. One of the women was a 36-year-old named Michelle Smith. And when one of the officers stopped in to stop the fight, or stepped in to stop the fight, she latched on to him and bit his ear off. What? Yes. A complete Mike Tyson. Yes. So according to police, she bit a, quote, large portion of his right ear completely off, Mm. then fled the scene. Last we heard, they were still looking for her. They issued a warrant for her arrest and plan to charge her with second-degree battery once they catch her. The officer was taken to the hospital. It's not clear if doctors were able to sew his ear back or not. Oh, my gosh. That is awful. I know. Well, speaking of biting someone's ear off, what is a doe called with no legs? I don't know. A no-legged deer. Okay. What do you call a deer with no ears? (laughs) I have no idea. (laughs) A no-eared deer. (laughs) Well, what do you call a deer with no eye? I have no idea. No eye deer. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) And there's even more proof (laughs) that people are crazy. I am out of here on that one. Brandon Baxter in the morning. And Kelly Perry, I have one question for you. Are you ready to celebrate some local people? Let's do it. Let's do the birthdays. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday to you. Well, well, well. Time for birthdays for today. It's Wednesday, November the 17th of 2021. Local birthdays, local celebrities. Here we go. Happy birthday goes out to the legend himself, Glenn Siler, 87 years old today. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. He is the father of our general manager, the chief operating officer of this company, Scott Siler. But Glenn Siler celebrates his birthday today. I heard Scott is not his favorite son. Though. That's just what I Oh, wow. Okay. I'm, yeah. I'm not sure if that's true. Mm. Uh, Mallory Scott of McCrory celebrates AJ Turnage from Little Rock. We have Nancy Reyna of Paragould. Jerry Wayne Burks Jr. celebrating a birthday today. Michelle Delisis of Hot Springs. Melissa Williams of Star City. Stacy Baker. Stacy Baker Henson celebrating today. We have Chelsea Baker celebrating as well. Amanda Mirafuentes of Jonesboro. Alexandra Godfrey from Bono celebrates a birthday today. From, uh, from Amanda. All right. We have Julie, uh, actually, Judy Juliet. From Paragould celebrating, it says, We love you lots from Tanner and Danica. Clay Kane of Bono turning six. Love from May May. Macy Cole of Paragould turns six years old today as well. And there's also a happy anniversary. This is to Bobby and Joseph Payton. 
Uh, and this says, my husband and I have been married for nine years. Will you please play When I Said I Do to My Love? And happy anniversary, Joseph Payton. Aww. So I guess if she's asking for it, we do it. When I said I do, I meant that I will. Till the end of all time. Be faithful and true. Devote it to you. That's what I Happy anniversary, nine years, to Bobby and Joseph Payton, who celebrate today. And if you have a birthday today, we say this. We say, happy Happy birthday birthday to all y'all, and you celebrate with these celebrities. Rachel McAdams is 43. That's Allie in The Notebook and Claire in The Wedding Crashers. Ronnie DeVoe is 54. He was a new addition and and Belle Biv DeVoe. Ronnie DeVoe, 54 years old today. Happy birthday to Daisy Fuentes, who's 55. That was MTV's first Latin VJ. She sure was. Come on, (laughs) Daisy Fuentes. (laughs) Happy birthday today, and I bet he's having a great celebration, to RuPaul, who is 61. One of my favorite songs of all time is this one. Yeah. To your thing. Why? You know that song. I don't even know why I know it and I like it, but happy birthday to RuPaul, who's 61 today. Happy birthday to Danny DeVito, who is 77. Of course, he was in Twins and Taxi. Lauren Michaels is 77, the creator and producer of SNL. Martin Scorsese is 79, of course, from Goodfellas, Raging Bull, and The Departed. And happy birthday today to Isaac Hansen, who is 41. That's the oldest Hansen brother. Happy birthday goes out to my good friend, Isaac Hansen, who turns 41 today. Brandon Baxter in the morning. So I'm still sitting here trying to figure out, uh, twas the night before Christmas, right? I'm doing this reading with NEA Baptist on Sunday. It's going to be a number of special guests, including myself. And I've never read in front of a crowd uh, like this before. I've read in front of kids on reading day and stuff, but this is adults. And I thought twas the night before Christmas was something really simple and short. Mm-mm. There's all these different verses and chances for me to make a mistake. That's true. I was talking to Kim Provost earlier today off air. I said, what, what should I wear to this deal? And this is where I'm going to be more stressed in reading. What do I what do? What, what do I do? It's true. She's Don't like, worry. We'll get something Christmassy. Have you ever seen me in anything Christmassy? Uh, I mean, you could get a, a, a Christmas sweater. I don't think I'm a sweater guy. Or maybe like a Mr. Rogers red cardigan. A, no, I don't think <laughs> Maybe a I don't red, think I'm a cardigan guy. Maybe like one of those button-up white shirts yeah. with a collar and yes. a red vest. A red like a vest. sweater vest. Do you think that would look right on me? 
with your glasses reading Twas the Night Before Christmas, yeah, you better believe it. That's the look we're going for. Again, it's going to be a 35-foot Christmas tree, the big lighting. There's going to be all kinds of extra stuff, including uh, Santa Claus at the end for pictures with the kids. There's going to be cookies and milk and cider. It's going to be fun. It happens on Sunday, NEA Baptist, the main campus. It's going to be outdoors, and that's going to be happening from 5 until 6 at NEA Baptist on Sunday. It's the annual Christmas tree light. Brandon Baxter in the morning. And y'all, as always, Kelly Perry. Well, she's got three words for you. Good morning, Arkansas! This is Country Music News on Brandon Baxter in the Morning. And we have Country Music News today on Kelsey Ballerini. There's a hole in the bottle, leaking all this wine. So yesterday was a big day for Kelsey. She released a book of poems called Feel Your Way Through. Now, if you want to know more about Kelsey, this is the book. She opens up about family, relationships, body image, and self-love. In one of the poems, she titled Kangaroo, that reveals how she struggled with an eating eating disorder. And she said, like many girls, she had body image issues. And when she was a teen, they were intensified when boys at school started calling her kangaroo because of her belly and little legs. And at that time, Kelsey was already in a bad place because she was dealing with her parents' divorce. She began taking diet diet pills, was bulimic, worked out excessively, and even started passing out. And at 18, that's when she finally got help. So she says she's in a healthier spot now, and she's much more gentle with how she talks to herself and her body. And she said she's had to recalibrate what it means to get in the mirror and look in the mirror and be like, okay, I'm healthy because I'm healthy, not because I look skinny in this dress. So her hope is that this book will help others, saying that when you're able to talk about things and you can feel shame and keep it hidden, you can... or you can be vulnerable and you can connect with people and you can heal. And that's why um, she airs out a couple of her dark secrets in this book. So Kelsey Ballerini's book of poems, Feel Your Way Through, is out now. All right. Country music news today on Morgan Wall. Yeah, but now I'm dodging potholes in my sunburned Silverado like a heartbroken Desperado. So we made the prediction that these Morgan Wallen shows were going to sell like crazy, right? Uh, because we, we've seen it, right? We know that when Lexington, uh, Lexington, Kentucky went on sale, Rupp Arena, they sold out like three nights, 36,000 tickets in an hour and a half, right? And then we saw North Little Rock, Simmons Bank Arena, the show's happening this week. That thing sold out real fast and ticket prices were crazy. Then we saw the same thing with South Haven, the Lander Center. And this led to Morgan Wallen's team saying, hey, man, he's on fire right now. Let's put out the entire tour. There's like 44 dates on the tour. So they've already said in multiple markets, based on just pre-sale numbers alone, they're adding extra dates, including at Bridgestone Arena in Nashville, where they've added more than just the first eight. And the biggest one of all, Madison Square Garden, New York City, country music in the Big Apple, multiple nights for Morgan Wallen. So it's a big time for him and uh, that success. I think we'll continue to see it multiple days in every city along this tour. We have country music news on Casey Musgraves. Mama's hooked on Mary Kay, brother's hooked on Mary Jane, and daddy's hooked on Mary Tudor's So Casey Musgraves has, has been given the task of reimagining Coldplay's hit Fix You for a Chipotle commercial. So Chipotle enlisted Casey for their newest commercial called A Future Begins, and they believe that uh, the next chapter in their mission is to make a real change for the future of real food, because right now they say that small, small farms are disappearing 
due to the newer technology and bigger companies are taking over and Chipotle wanted to help those small businesses. So what's cool is Casey is a small town girl from Texas. She said she has a a huge respect for farmers and ranchers and that's important to her. So here's Casey Musgraves with a reimagined version version of Coldplay's Fix You. When you try your best but you don't succeed When you get what you want but not what you need When you feel so tired but you can't sleep Stuck in reverse I love her style, stylistically So, that's fiction Casey Musgraves, and it's going to be on the new um, commercial for, for, I almost said Coldplay, Chipotle Sorry, y'all. Long that, morning. That's your <laughs> What? It hasn't been a long morning. Are you making random excuses? Leave me alone. That's your country music news on Arkansas's morning. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the K-Fine Breakfast Club. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Powered by Family Zinc. We'll get back to the show. Now back to Brandon Baxter and Kelly Perry. We're joined this morning by the head coach of the A-State women's basketball team. Please welcome back to the show our buddy, Coach Matt Daniel. Good morning, Coach. Morning. What's going on, gang? How are you this morning? I'm good. I, uh, I'm in the office. We practice at 8, uh, trying to get ready for a, We have a game on Friday, in case anybody didn't know. Coach, uh, this is a big game, too. Huge. What, tell me what game's not a big game. <laughs> well, I mean, this one just feels even different because for so long, you know, we've heard about, oh, we wish the Red Wolves would play the Razorbacks more often. We wish we could do this in the state. And, you know, it's been 16 years, uh, the WNIT yeah. tournament, since uh, you guys have played the Razorbacks. And boom, we get it first, the first time in 16 years, and we get it at home. Well, you know, here's what's interesting about that, Brandon, is did you know that Arkansas and Arkansas State has played eight times in women's basketball, and the record it's five and three? Oh wow! The last time before the '05 game was in 1983, I believe. Dang. That's what my my information tells me. And not only that, the '05 game that wasn't on purpose. That was because of the way the tournament fell. Right. Right. And so, what's cool about this is. There's intention here, and it's intentional that we're going to play. You know, we've got a four-year de- four deal currently. Excuse me. And um, Mike and I are on the same page. Mike Neighbors and I are on the same page. We're both Arkansas guys, and we get, you know, what it the, the ramifications of what it looks like to be able to play the game in state. And they're doing that with, with every school. And uh, so I'm excited that we were able to work out the deal where they could come to Jonesboro first. I was talking to Brad Bobo last night, and he was telling me that that game in 2005 in the tournament uh, was one of the biggest crowds ever in the history of the arena. He said, I think the announced attendance was 10,892 people. And I said to Bobo, I said, Brad, I didn't know you could get that many people into the arena, but that was 2005, and here we go Friday night. It's the Red Wolves and the Razorbacks. Yeah, and it's you know it's a different world now. Um, you know. 16 years ago, there's a lot of things that change. I mean, there's a lot of things that have changed over the last 16 months, oh, yeah. plus 16 years. Yep. Um, but the programs are both in different places. They're basically flipped on their head, you know, um, and we're trying to build something that's pretty cool. But I wanted to do this when I first got here. It just didn't align with what the athletic department needed. For example, we go to Oklahoma and we get beat by 12 on Friday and we open up the kids' game. Well, they offered us $25,000 to go there. Right. 
Well, you essentially, you make about $5,000 on that trip. So we declined the $25,000, but we wanted them to come back here. So Oklahoma's going to come back here next year when we go to Arkansas. We want to play big-time college basketball. We just want to do it with a down-home feel and a place that's really important to me um, in Jonesboro and our community in Northeast Arkansas and for the university. What does it mean for uh, your team when the, when there's a big crowd out there and the energy is there and the anticipation is there? What does that feel like for uh, the ladies on the team? It's unbelievable. you know. And, and fortunately enough, I was able to play at a pretty high level and know what that looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I was also, when I was the head coach at Central Arkansas, we had 3,500 in, in the Ferris Center, which I don't know if you know if you've ever been to the Ferris Center, but 3,500 is a really good crowd in there. We opened up with Indiana and Alabama my last year at Central Arkansas, and we beat them both. Uh, mm-hmm. But it's something that everybody feeds off everybody. We want high fives and handshakes on the floor and in the, in the stands. And to be quite honest with you, at this point, like this game is, is not just about Jonesboro and it's not just about Fayetteville or Northwest Arkansas and Northeast Arkansas. This is just a bigger, there's a bigger picture here. And what we're hoping is, no matter who you're pulling for, you know, they have local talent on their team. A lot of Eaton played at Nettleton. They have in-state talent. We have in-state talent. We're both really young. Uh, they just were in the NCAA tournament. And, uh, you know, Mike's done a great job everywhere he's been and we're trying to build that way. So it's just, it's just uh, no matter who you're pulling for, we just really want you in the stand. It's going to be cool, too, because uh, I know the marketing department and you guys have come up with the deal where there's throwback T-shirts designed after the jerseys that were worn back in 2005. And when people get there, they can pick up these throwback T-shirts and buttons based on that logo. It's pretty cool, right? I mean, we're, we're trying to do a lot of stuff. Like, we just offered the students every uh, – for nine home games, we're giving a $100 gift certificate, gift card the textbook brokers and all you got to do is QR scan and be there mm-hmm. for a chance to win. Like we're trying to do things that, that haven't been done in a long time. We're doing pizza with the pack. We wrote the notes and put it on our season ticket holders. And we've got about a thousand season tickets sold. Mm-hmm. Um, we did a season ticket holder event, uh, just different things that we're doing that are, that are just trying to connect, man. It's all about connections. I mean, that, that's, that's how you get things done in the world is connection. And, um, <clears throat> You know, for example, you, you text me this morning, you're ready to go, and you're, you're able to text me on my cell phone because we're not so far removed. Yeah, Communication and connection is the key to getting anything done. You know, it's neat, too, as we as we look at what you're, what you're doing and trying to, uh, you know, build the program, rebuild it in some ways. Uh, it is exciting that you have a new vision and fresh eyes to look at it. Um, and, and as you're getting ready to look at this team and, and kind of rate where you are so far in the season as you head into Friday, if you look back on these last couple of games, how do you feel about what you're seeing out there on the court, uh, we have really good young talent, and and uh, it's easy to see our ability to dribble, pass, shoot has gone up. I mean, we scored eighty nine at Oklahoma, yeah. thirty five in the fourth quarter, and we don't even know what we're doing. Right. You know, we beat the <laughs> by twenty twenty something the other night, and our our execution on both ends of the floor has a lot of room to grow. So that's that's a positive thing. The negative is we got to grow it. Yep. You know, and, and coaching is so much. I heard this the other day, and I think it was Gary Patterson as he was leaving TCU. TCU. It's not coaching. It's what you can fix on the fly. That's mm-hmm. what separates. And as we mature, there's only one way to get the, the maturation on the basketball floor, and that's through reps. And as we continue to get those, those reps and uh, experiences, we'll, we'll just grow and grow. Now, how fast will that come? I've never been one to, to promise that. Right. But um, I, I just think we have a shot to build something pretty cool here. 
Let's go back. Tell me about uh, Pizza with the Pack, something you launched this uh, this season, which it looked like the first time you did it, there was a great turnout and great success. Tell me about that. It was unbelievable. I mean, so we did a season ticket holder event. We, we put it together a week before the event, and we had about 40 people there. Mm-hmm. Not bad. Yeah. Then we then we go, uh, and there's our, of our season tickets, we have about 266 accounts spread out over those 1,000 tickets, right? Mm-hmm. So we're averaging about four. If you buy season tickets, you're, at, you're usually buying about four. Right. Um, then we do Pizza with a Pack. We announce it a week later, and we have about 40 people there. Mm-hmm. And so to do that with a week out and – it, it goes to show people are starving for connection to Arkansas State and Arkansas State Athletics. And this is a basketball community, man. Northeast Arkansas loves ball. Yep. And, and uh, it doesn't really matter where you're from. I mean, we did the kids game, you know, and I reached out to a lot of schools personally. But you wouldn't believe the feedback that I've gotten that just says, hey, my child will not stop talking about that kids game. Thank you so much because they're coming off COVID. And there, there are kids mm-hmm. on this campus that have not had the college experience yet because mm-hmm. of COVID. And all those things. So we're just trying to reconnect, man. And, and it's working out well. And the energy is good. We play a fun style of play. Um, you know, we're averaging in the 80s. We scored something like 96, 89, and 80. <laughs> something like that. So, you know, it's fun. Yeah, you're um, and we just want people to want to be a part of it. Again, Coach Matt Daniel joins us this morning as the Red Wolves on Friday night talk take on the Razorbacks, the first time they've played in 16 years and the first time it's been scheduled in 38 years because uh, back 16 years ago is a WNIT game. The throwback T-shirts, the buttons, I get to be out there to be a part of the game and get to uh, do the in-game hosting, so I'm excited to be out there for you, Coach. And then the Flying Hounds, this is the Frisbee Catching Dogs. They're going to be the halftime entertainment, and I'm going to tell you, if you love dogs and you love fast-moving stuff, <laughs> halftime's going to be fun, too. So it's like we've dressed this thing up, and Friday night, a lot of people are going to be looking for something to do, and man, we have it at First National Bank Arena. It's just going to be a cool environment, you know, and, and you know, at some point I, I want people to come want to help us win and not hope we win. Mm-hmm. And I want people to, to want to come to the game to, to support us and not just see what the environment's like. Uh, but, you know, Friday night, I don't care who you're pulling for. We just need an environment for these kids on both teams. Yep. You know, both teams have a lot of Arkansas kids and a, uh, a lot of pride in both their programs. And we just want a good environment. That's what Mike and my goal was. And uh, we felt like starting in Jonesboro was the best way to kick it off. And and uh, so, you know, if you've got something scheduled, change it, you know, if you can and, and yeah. get here because this, this doesn't happen a lot, right? Yep. And, and everybody's talked about it. Everybody's talked about it. Well, it's here. So now what are we going to do? We're and, show and you know, if we're going to do things that have never been done before, then we have to do things that have never been done before. I've said that for two years now. And so the time is now to be a part of something that's pretty cool, something that, that we've brought back, a tradition we've brought back, and hopefully it will continue for, for years to come. Tickets available still at astateredwolves.com slash tickets. Coach, always fun to talk to you. Tell your wife and the girls that we said hi, and we'll see you Friday night. Will do. Thanks so much, you guys. Have a great day. All right, you too. You're listening to Brandon Baxter in the morning. Right here. On the big 107.9 K-Fine. And this is the K-Fine Breakfast Club. Powered by Families, Inc. Counseling Services. All right, we're joined this morning by Brad Baker, who's here to talk about the Lions Club TV auction, which is always a huge auction that raises a bunch of money with all kinds of great stuff. And Brad, it's been a minute since we've talked to you. Welcome back. Well, thanks a bunch, guys. I wish I could be there in studio with you. I always enjoy uh, visiting with you guys and getting get the guy getting Dave in the barrel and taking pictures. <laughs> is it true that Kelly is always your favorite part of coming to the station? 
No doubt about it, Mark. No doubt about it. We've missed you. <laughs> yeah, it's weird, man. How you well, feeling? Well, I appreciate that. You feeling okay? Yeah, we're doing good. Good. Everything's good. Uh, uh, like I say, we went we went through the COVID a little bit, but uh, but we've gotten through it, and Lord's blessed us, and we're just ready to go. You know, it's wild. I was looking through your website because the Lions TV auction website goes up, and you can see all these things that people can bid on, and. And, man, there's stuff right there that's like, ooh, I think that's a cool one, that's a cool one, that's a good one, this is a heck of a deal. There's all kinds of great stuff up there this year. Well, just bid on all of them, man. Just go through and make a make a bid on all of it. Yeah, we've got a Liberty Bowl package, as always. We've got a Hilton stay in Memphis. We've got a Holiday Inn stay in Memphis. So if you're interested in, in crossing the river and, and getting some uh, entertainment over that way, uh, that's great. It, we, we've got all kinds of food gift certificates. We've got tools. Uh, we've just got everything uh, anybody would want for Christmas. Just go on the website. It's lionstvauction.com. And Lions is L-I-O-N-S, LionsTVAuction.com, and you can see all our items, and you can start bidding on Monday the 22nd, and we'll run the auction until December 2nd, and then we'll give out the auctions down at Cash Beauty Supply just off of Highway 1 South uh, on the Friday, December 3rd, and if you need to have it shipped, well, the shipping is built in, and we can ship it to you also. Yeah, I was looking through it, and there, there really is something for everybody, and at the point, like, if you get there early on Monday, you're going to probably see... Uh, at whatever time it launches, I think it's what twelve oh five. At twelve oh four, there's zero dollar bids. Like midnight, you know, yeah. we're we're trying to get it all day on on the twenty second. We'll so just as soon as the clock strikes twelve, you can go ahead and go on in and bid. Let's talk about the Lions Club in general because there's going to be people who have heard that and they're like, well, what does the Lions Club do? Because you know, there's different organizations that help with different things. So if you were to kind of encapsulate the Lions Club, what does that mean to Northeast Arkansas? Well, we pretty much serve uh, many needs. We, but, but our primary focus is, uh, uh, pardon the pun, sight and uh, and hearing. And so, if someone needs glasses that can't afford it, then we take care of that. And uh, we have a, a, a facility that I work with over in Memphis called Mid South Lions. That if it's a cataract or crossed eyes or or diabetic retinopathy or some of those other exotic. Uh, eye diseases, we do surgeries for people that can't afford it at no cost to them and no cost to the Lions Club. And so those are our main main functions, but we still, we support things like the food bank and we have a scholarship at ASU and, and we do all kinds of good things throughout the community. So basically if there's a need somewhere, the Lions Club tries to address it. And we can't do it without the generous support of the Jonesboro community, which they've always been great to us. People are donating our donating items out of the goodness of their hearts. And then people like you and like Kelly go in and bid on things, and we run that bid up so that we can make more money and help the community more. So the more you bid, the more you can win. Yeah, and there's so many different things. And there's stuff like, as I was going through here, Brad, like, ooh, I like this restaurant. We're going to go spend money at this restaurant anyway. So at this point, why don't I go in and bid, and I'm helping the Lions Club and helping people in this area too? Well, I think every one of those gift cards that you see for restaurants will go for full value Mm -hmm. or even more than full value because, like you said, people are going to eat out, so you might as well buy the gift certificate from us and help somebody and get a good meal at the same time. And we're so appreciative of all those people who've donated uh, that stuff, and we will be Super appreciative of all you folks that bid. And so all you got to do is go to lionstvauction.com and we'll get you in. I've said this every time we've talked to you over the course of all the years I've talked to you, Brad. There's really no need for us to be here when you're on the radio. (laughs) 
Oh, well, I, I appreciate that, but uh, you can leave. Kelly and I will take care of it from here. <laughs> All right. I got to go. <laughs> we'll see you, man. Good luck. And again, the auction, uh, the items open up on Monday, but you can preview them right now at lionstvauction.com. Brad, have a great day, man. Thanks, guys. Appreciate you. Right, we'll see Take you. Care. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the K-Fine Breakfast Club. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Powered by Family Zinc. We'll get back to the show. Now back to Brandon Baxter and Kelly Perry. We're joined this morning by Kim Provost of NEA Baptist. Kim, how are you this morning? I'm great. How are you this morning? We're good. What have you done so far today? Well... I've just made it to work on time, and we're ready to talk about our fun stuff on the air. Nothing like him putting you on the spot, is there? No, there's not. (laughs) Have you had your breakfast and your coffee yet? Yes. Yeah. My coffee is the first thing I run to every morning. And on the days where, like, I don't set the timer and it's not ready, Mm. it's like that whole day downhill Mm. from the moment I wake up. So you guys have a bunch going on with NEA Baptist, and one of the things that um, I feel honored to have been asked to be a part of is the annual Christmas tree lighting that you guys are going to be doing with this gigantic tree outside of the main campus. And as I was kind of uh, going back and looking at stuff you guys have done with this in the past, this looks like a really special event for Northeast Arkansas where you can bring your entire family out. I'm talking about the grandkids, the kids, the grandparents, and all just kind of get ready to kick off the holiday season together. It is. It's a fun event that we, this will be our ninth year to host, host this event. And it is just a good time for the entire family to come out. This year, it will be held outdoors. It'll be in front of our hospital, so there'll be plenty of room to space out and to make for a safe event. Um, but but we're excited to have you there to, to reach was the night before Christmas. And uh, Pastor Jamar will um, be joining us as well from Word Baptist Church to share the Nativity story. And it is just a, a great festive evening. Well, when I think about this, you know, we see like in, in New York City in Rockefeller Center, they do, you know, the big Christmas tree lighting. This is our regional version of the big Christmas tree lighting with performances and with music and with scripture and readings and stuff like that. And I think this is a really great idea and a great way that we can just bring people together and, and really begin this holiday season. So tell us, like when we start this at five o'clock, what's this event going to look like from the beginning? So uh, again, this year it will be outdoors, so dress warmly. Uh, we will have hot chocolate and cider and cookies. Uh, we'll start the event, and, and we uh, will we'll have uh, Pastor Jamar will, will share the uh, nativity story. We'll have Drew Pulliam. will sing a few uh, special Christmas songs for us. And uh, then, of course, we'll have the reading of Twas the Night Before Christmas. Then we always have a special guest that to attend this event, mm-hmm. and he'll make a grand entrance, and there'll be opportunities uh, for photos after after the event with, with Santa Claus as well. That's so neat. Imagine that the scenery there, you know, because, I mean, yeah, you can see Santa at, at XYZ place, but the idea of being there in front of this gigantic Christmas tree. Do you have any idea how big this tree is It's going to be out front of your building? This tree is about 35 feet tall, so it's a very large <laughs> Tree and yeah. our Christmas trees were a generous gift to the hospital, or really to the community, um, by our NEA Baptist Hospital Auxiliary. And the, the ladies there worked so hard to support what our mission with the health system, and and they raised money through their gift shop. And they they chose when we opened this facility years ago, several years ago, to um, 
one way that they would give back is by purchasing these fabulous Christmas trees. And so this is for the community. We want you to come out and enjoy it. And it's always a very fun time. So, Kim, tell me, who is responsible for putting up this gigantic Christmas tree? And who's who's lighting this thing 36 feet in the air? Well, this is, um, we have a wonderful facilities um, staff here at our at NEA Baptist. And, and we definitely need to give a shout out to that crew. They're in charge of uh, making sure that everything is put up and decorated and ready to go and that all the lights work. Have y'all ever had, <laughs> I can't imagine um, <laughs> that, but they make sure it is all ready to go for us. So again, the event, it's the annual Christmas tree lighting featuring uh, the special guest at the end in the big red suit. It happens on Sunday, uh, the 21st is coming Sunday from five until six at the NEA Baptist Memorial main campus on East Johnson the entire community is invited. There's no cost to attend, uh, and it's going to be a lot of fun. And you know, I was looking through "Twas the Night Before Christmas" because when you initially reached out to me, I was like, "Oh, that's a really short little poem. It's not that much." <laughs> Kim, there's a lot to "Twas the Night Before Christmas." There is. It, it, it is a it is a, a great book that has been around for a long time, and it, there is a lot to it. So, do you think I should speak? in this tone or should I do an accent because I was kind of thinking if I, if it's kind of more old school, like twas the nights before Christmas, he wants to do the, the the leave it to beaver voice from that show from a long time ago. Do it. What do you mean? Do the leave it to beaver intro? Yes. Do you remember leave it to beaver, the TV show? Oh yes. So it was like, uh, leave it to beaver starring Hugh Beaumont, Barbara Billingsley, (laughs) Tony Dow and Jerry Mathers as the beaver. I think you should you, you should read it just like that in that voice. Uh, she just canceled yeah. me. She just hung up. Kim, Kim, you there? No, I'll do. I'll do. I'm excited to be there. It's going to be a fun deal. I've never had the opportunity to read that story in front of a, a crowd of people, so I'm excited to do that again. That happens on Sunday from five until six. The Christmas tree lighting at NEA Baptist. I think we'd be remiss not to mention the fact that Duck Classic is is really ramped up and people are excited about this. And how can we be a part of Duck Classic at this point? Well, right now, um, our our teams are full. We're currently looking for additional landowners so that we can can um, uh, help some people out that are on a waiting list. But but one thing that anyone can do to support this event and support the foundation of NEA Baptist is to go online to duckclassic.com and purchase a ticket for our Grand Classic. This is um, where you have the opportunity to win, win a, um, a Polaris um, donated by Jones Girl Cycle and ATV, a, tr- a duck truck that has been completely tricked out by DNW Automotive mm-hmm. and donated by Glenn Sane, or a $15,000 Gamble Home Shopping Spree. Wow, that's um, crazy. In addition to that, there's also two guns that can be won. So it, you do have five chances to win, um, but this year we've added the $15,000 shopping spree, and if somebody, several people are going to win some fabulous prizes, and it all goes for a great cause. That's awesome. Where can people do that, Kim? You can purchase your tickets online at duckclassic.com, or you can get them in person at DNW Outdoors or at Jonesboro Cycle and ATV. So when we do this, you know, we hear a lot about Duck Classic. It benefits the Charitable Foundation. Uh, let's kind of briefly give people the rundown of how the Charitable Foundation is, is helping so many people in this community. So the proceeds from this event go to 
keep our six programs that we offer free of charge here in our community, keep those running. And we have our NEI Baptist Center for Good Grief, Hope Circle, uh, which is a supportive care program uh, for those dealing with catastrophic illness, Share Hope, Medicine Assistance Program, and then our two wellness-based programs, which are Center for Healthy Children and Wellness Work. Yeah, that's such a great cause. And Duck Classic, <clears throat> I mean, literally the entire time I've I've done radio, it's been one of the biggest things that happens in this region uh, annually, and we're excited to uh, you know be able to talk to you about that too. So a lot going on with NEA Baptist. I know you have a busy week, and I look forward to spending time with you and your team on Sunday. Sounds great. Thank you so much. All right. Thanks, Kim. Have a good day. You too. Bye-bye. You're listening to Brandon Baxter in the morning. Right here. On the big 107.9 K-Fine. And this is the K-Fine Breakfast Club. Powered by Families, Inc. Counseling Services. We're joined this morning by Hillary Tricky, who's representing the Jonesboro JCs. Hillary, good morning. How are you this morning? Good morning. I'm good. How are y'all? Hey, we're good. It's always cool to talk to people who are civic-minded, and you're one of the people in this community who is always looking for ways to help other people in this community, and that's really the whole idea behind the Jonesboro JCs. and you guys, from fair time until Christmas, are swamped with work. That's right. It is our busy season. It is all hands on deck right now, but we love it, and we know that it makes a difference in this community. You know, when we look at the fair, we'll kind of rewind to the fair for a second. Obviously, it was great for people to be back uh, at the fair. The JC Snack Shack always uh, is a big hit. And the the cool thing about this is, and maybe some people don't even realize, when they go through and they buy food from the JC Snack Shack, it's not a deal where the JCs is making this money and they're putting money back. You guys are giving that money back to this community. That's right. Every dollar, every turkey leg that you buy goes right back um, <laughs> into our Goodfellas and Christmas for Kids programs that purchase food for families here in town and toys for kiddos for Christmas. Over the last year and a half, obviously we've seen a lot of people who were affected by the pandemic. Some people who were sick, some people who were displaced with jobs. And I would imagine what we saw last year is going to hold true probably this year as well. There's going to be a lot of people who who never thought they would be in need during the holidays who are all of a sudden in need based on uh, what's happened over the course of the last year and a half. Are you guys sensing that, that there's a great need in this community? We are. You know, it's been a rough couple of years. We're still this year feeling effects of last year, and I think that's going to continue, especially during the holidays. Now we're dealing with shortages and that sort of thing. So we, we're halfway through our sign-up, and we've already got over 200 kids. That's just kids. Wow. Um, I, I suspect we'll have five, 600 kids this year. You know, my one of my favorite memories as a kid is, is the Christmas morning memory of waking up, and I knew my mom and my, gran- my grandmother and my grandparents. Everybody had worked really hard to make Christmas so special. And, you know, we, we weren't rich as kids, but, you know, uh, they, they sure made sure Christmas was going to happen for us. And I just can't imagine being um, in a family where, you know, you were going to figure out how maybe you weren't going to be able to make ends meet for Christmas to be there. And that's why Christmas for kids is so important is because for those, for those young people who might otherwise wake up with no presents, this organization, the JCs and Christmas for kids, you guys go to make it possible where they can wake up and have that same excitement. That's, that's right. We want to make sure that every kid in our community, I mean, these are kids that go to our schools that, you know, participate, that will be down at the parade, that will participate in our sports all around town. These are kids that need our help, and we just want to provide them with a little joy on Christmas morning because everybody deserves that. Well, and the deal is you're not asking for much. You're not asking for tons of money and these big, huge monetary donations. You're saying, hey, donate some toys. Go buy a new toy, $10 in value or greater if you want and drop it off, and those toys are going to be placed in the hands of these kids. 
That's right. We are um, we are just collecting, and the value can be ten dollars. A ten dollar toy is going to make a difference. And yeah. um, we're asking for new unwrapped toys for kids ages twelve and under. Um, we do have some drop off locations around town, but we are having a toy drive, a drive through toy drive this Saturday at the EAB parking lot, and um, which is next to Vet Care from nine a.m. to eleven. And you know, make it a family trip. Your kids are the best shoppers. Mm-hmm. Take your kids out, let them pick out a couple of toys, and drop those off, and make a difference this weekend. One of the things I loved seeing last year at the toy drive was, uh, you know, people would get there and they'd have their car packed with all these toys, and they had their kids as a part of that because, you know, maybe their kids, uh, you know, were going to have a decent Christmas, and they were showing their kids that it's really more about the season of giving because the kids would unload the toys and they'd bring them up to us. And I thought that was a great lesson that parents can teach their kids. Absolutely. Get those kids involved. So, again, the Christmas for Kids toy drive is happening this coming uh, Saturday from 9 until 11 at the EAB parking lot, which is on Parker Road, the K-Fine Studios. That's going to be happening coming up on Saturday. But, Hillary, let's say there's somebody who's hearing this, and maybe they're not going to be around uh, from 9 until 11 on Saturday, but they still want to help. There's other ways that they can help you guys out, right? That's right. Um, we've made it easy this year. You can actually contact us, and I will come pick it up um, if you if you can't get out. Um, and, and you can reach us through our Facebook at Jonesboro JCs. We've got some locations around town that you can drop off those. We've got one downtown at Gallery of Ink. We've got one on Nettleton at Carter's Corner. You can stop by there and drop one off. We've actually got one at the toy store, the new toy store on Highland, which is toys, uh, gifts, and more. You can shop while you're there and then throw it in their box for us. Um, a, a one-stop shop. And then we've got one at EAB with our friends there, of course. So all that's going on for Christmas for kids. And then let's turn our attention quickly to the Christmas parade, which I know last year you guys, you, you did a great deal with Christmas at the park. But uh, this year the vision was to get back downtown and have the annual tradition feel normal. And it looks like that's going to happen with the parade, the Christmas parade back in downtown Jonesboro. What's that looking like? That's right. We are so excited to be back downtown. The parade this year will be December 2nd. Uh, starting at Maine and Cherry, we'll go all the way down Maine, turn on Huntington, and come back up Union. That will kick off at 7 p.m. again on December 2nd. There is still time to register if you want to be a part of this year's parade. It's the 74th annual parade, and we want to make it the biggest and brightest yet. Um, we are giving people until November 28th to register online. They can register at jonesboroparade.com. This year, it's all about the kids. Our theme is Christmas in Toyland, and our Grand Marshal will be Alan Ball. Oh, man. So the mullet champion is going to be the Grand Marshal. That's awesome. That's right, and he is so excited about it. Yeah. I I mean, it's a big deal. It's a big honor to be asked to be your community's Grand Marshal for the Christmas parade. That's a big deal. So it starts with Alan and ends with the guy in the big red suit. That's right. We've got Santa coming this year. That's awesome. So, again, for all the information on the events going on with the JCs, Christmas for Kids, the Toy Drives, the Goodfellows Program, and the Parade, where are the best spots to find that information, Hillary? They can go to our Facebook at Jones World JCs, or you can go to our website at jonesworldjcs.org. All right. Hillary Tricky joins us this morning, and we hope you have a great day, and we'll see you this weekend. Thanks for getting that information out, guys. Have a great day. All right. We'll talk to you later. You're listening to Brandon Baxter in the morning. Right here. On the big 107.9 K-Fine. And this is the K-Fine Breakfast Club. Powered by Families, Inc. Counseling Services. All right, so we're joined this morning by the man you need. He is Dr. Kevin Reed. 
He is man's best friend. He is our best friend. And he is the veterinarian of choice of the Brandon Baxter in the morning radio program. Back with another Wet Nose Wednesday. Welcome back, Dr. Kevin Reed from Vet Care. Good morning, Doc. What's up? Good morning. How are you this morning? Doing great. Do you have anything to eat yet? Uh, no, not yet. I didn't eat breakfast this morning. Remember that time you went for like three weeks without eating food? Um, yeah, 13, Remem- no, 14 days. 14 Remember days. when your eyes started turning yellow? <laughs> no, I didn't get hepatic <laughs> lipidosis from a star ocean. <laughs> hey, let's do Wet Nose Wednesday. One of the things I, I read about, and I wanted to see if you've heard about this, um, there was some situation at a zoo where they were thinking one of the zoo animals passed away. From COVID, and I remember like a year and a half ago, we were thinking that that COVID didn't affect animals, and I don't know if strains have changed or what's happened, but is it true? Are they are, are they accurate that COVID has you know cost the life of an animal at a zoo? Yeah, exactly. They actually are vaccinating um, uh, some of the zoo animals: uh, jaguars, uh, orangutans, otters, ferrets, even fruit bats, and then of course lions and tigers and even bears. Oh my! Oh my! They and and you know and and I've, I've been asked a couple times why isn't there a, a a vaccine for our dogs and cats? Well, the, the reality is there actually is. It's just not licensed, and and the uh, the USDA, which is the regulatory uh, agency that approves uh, va- you know animal uh, vaccines, has basically come out and said that there's really no need. Because if if a pet does get it, the symptoms are mild, and there's probably not a chance of them transmitting it to another dog or cat or to people. So apparently back in the fall of last year, one of the veterinary pharmaceutical companies called Zoetis, uh, <clears throat> which is a <clears throat> excuse me a very reputable company and they have some good products for for pets, um, they actually have developed like four vaccines for dogs and cats and. These publish have, the the studies haven't been published, but they, in their own research, in limited numbers, they showed that it did provide a pretty robust antibody response uh, in our pets. But um, so what happened is when these zoos started getting uh, animals that were tested positive, and apparently the big cats are more susceptible than our domestic cats, and and some of them have actually died. I read about an African lion in a zoo in Hawaii that um, a 17-year-old lion that died of COVID, and um, so so kind of on an emergency basis, these zoos and Zoetis has provided these vaccines to the zoos uh, to to start immunizing, vaccinating, and hopefully getting a good immune response in some of the zoo animals because a lot of them are rare and there's not many left of their species in the world, so you know they're kind of a a treasure that they're trying to protect. Um, so you know that's that's interesting, and and of course you know as it's as the virus has evolved over the last couple of years in people, and we're learning new things. You know, it's, the door is not closed on the potential for vaccinating dogs and cats, but you know I think the USDA would reevaluate that if there in the future if there was shown to be any more evidence of transmission you know, among dogs and cats or if they start developing actual more severe disease. Now, what's interesting is uh, mink seem to be particularly susceptible. And there's been reports of large, um, you know, numbers of mink in these farms that are are dying from it. And not only that, they were spreading it to each other and even back to humans. Oh, wow. 
the USDA thinks that that situation in mink warrants a vaccine, and uh, they, um, while the USDA is not accepting applications for dog and cat vaccines, it's declared itself open to applications for a mink, mink vaccine. So Zoet has kind of pivoted and uh, decided to repurpose one of its dog vaccines for mink. Right. And apparently other teams uh, are developing mink vaccines. Russia's already approved a shot for all carnivores, including mink, and has uh, started administering to animals. So, um, and, and then again, they're using some of the zo- uh, Zoetis vaccine in the zoo. So, um, they're, you know, they're, it's still, it's a, you know, a, a changing situation or it could change in the future. But as right now, dogs and cats, even though there have been reported positive cases in our pets, uh, you know, right now we don't think that it's really a big concern as far as transmission among uh, the pets or back to humans. So, but, you know, just kind of hang on because that may change in the future. So is a research showing that the, the animals who get infected with COVID were infected by close contact with an individual, with a human? Yeah, that's where, that's where we think uh, it's occurring. It's usually in a household where there's been a positive family member. Wow. And so far, most of these, uh, the, you know, the symptoms attributable to COVID in pets have been pretty mild, maybe some lethargy, maybe fever, a little coughing, some diarrhea, but they seem to recover from it pretty quickly. And again, you know, there's not been any documented cases of our pets transmitting it back to, to a person. Golly, that's crazy. But the deal is, I think, you know, a lot of us have the idea with numbers going down that eventually COVID's going to go away. And the truth is, from what the data shows and what the scientists believe, is that, you know, we might not deal with it at high levels anymore once we get past the, the peaks of the pandemic. But it's more than likely there's going to be some semblance of this virus that stick around. So it really might be something that the pet population may need, just like the, the human population might need. Yeah, and I think it'll eventually, you know, it'll be like the influenza virus. You know, it's always going to be around, and hopefully, you know, it'll be in a, a lower incidence. And, you know, with the uh, vaccines uh, and, you know, these companies now that are coming out with the antiviral pills that are mm-hmm. supposedly going to be pretty effective up to 90% in treating, actually treating, you know, the uh infected people, then, you know, hopefully it'll be kind of just low-level background noise and uh, we won't have the huge number of uh, infections that we've had in the last almost two years now. Well, think about if it does end up being a deal where the animal population is infected and then they can retransmit, I mean, all of a sudden you can see rapid growth in numbers if that happens. That's why I think it's very important for, you know, veterinary medicine to, to get an idea of what's going on with that. Right. When you consider there's probably over 100 million, uh, 100 million plus dogs and cats in, in the United States alone. Yeah, there's a you know, that's a third of the number of people in the United States. So, you know, there's a huge um, potential there where if it did, uh, you know, mutate and start infecting our, our pets uh, and making them sick and, and possibly, you know, even transmitting them back to people. Yeah. yeah that, you know, that can be a huge issue. That's going to be an interesting story to watch as uh, Dr. Kevin Reed will follow that as we go throughout the next weeks and months. He is the man you need. He is Dr. Kevin Reed. He is man's best friend. He is our best friend. And he is the veterinarian of choice of the Brandon Baxter in the morning radio program. You can find out more at vet-care.com or on Facebook at VetCare Jonesboro on Facebook. Dr. Reed, I know you're busy and we appreciate you always taking time for us for Wet Nose Wednesday. 
Hey, thanks a lot. Y'all have a great day. All right, you too. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the K-Fine Breakfast Club. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Powered by Family Zinc. We'll get back to the show. Now back to Brandon Baxter and Kelly Perry. Joined this morning by Brad Bobo, the host of The Drive on our sister station, 95.3 The Ticket. Before we get into talking about Razorbacks and Red Wolves, uh-huh. which happens on Friday night, I do want to give a shout out to young Stewart, who has made one of the greatest decisions mm-hmm. of his life, oh. from what I've been told. Okay. So how old Stuart? Stuart is six. Stuart is six, and he is a fan of wrestling. He is fan of old wrestling. Tell yep. Kelly Kelly Perry here, who is uh, the girl next to me. Uh, oh, yeah. Tell Good her. Th- thanks for clarifying. Tell her what Stuart chose for his prize at the doctor. So yeah, he, he had to go to the doctor. We had to take him to a doctor's appointment in Memphis yesterday. How about that. And uh, when, we got back in time for me to just come and get ready for the show. So when I got home after that, I noticed he and his mom had gone to. Uh, somewhere to get a prize, and his his prize he picked was a Dusty Rhodes yes! action figure, Dusty if you will. <laughs> if you will. You can't know it's not. You're more, you're a little bit off track. I kind of yeah. do ladies, man, from SNL. <laughs> if you will. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of do the wrong, um, but it's so, fun. Give me your best Dusty so, Rhodes. So he grabbed that Dusty figure, baby, and took it to the pay window. <laughs> <laughs> now, Kelly, give me your best Dusty Rhodes. Yeah, I'm Dusty Rhodes. How are ya? You're very, Mike Tyson. You're very pretty. <laughs> is, that the, is, that, is that the worst Dusty Rhodes you've ever heard? Or Leon Phelps. I actually had her and her son watching that, and she still does it like that. Oh, give me your Macho Man Randy Savage. Ooh, yeah. That's Urkel. <laughs> Stephen Justin. Give me Paul Bearer. I don't know how to do all that. That's, no. That was closer than anything else. <laughs> Sound like a turkey call. <laughs> I didn't know I was going to have to do impressions. Hulk Hogan. No, I'm not. Everyone loves him. Go let ahead. me tell you something, brother. Yeah, that's good. Good you job. Gotta the, you got to do the, the finger, too. Oh, let me tell you something, Mean Gene. What about oh. what about The Rock? If you smell what The Rock is cooking. What's John Cena say? No, I don't want to say What's that. What's Cena say? Because I always say that wrong. What's he say? I used to say he said... <laughs> I know he says says you can't see me, but yeah. I used to think it was now you see me, now you don't. <laughs> but that's, that's the spell behind it. <laughs> but that's uh, something from Talladega Nights. <laughs> All right, so now I'm sweating. Let's talk about what's happening on Friday night. We talked to uh, Coach Matt Daniel this morning uh-huh. from the the women's team, the women's basketball program, the A State Red Wolves, and man, Friday night. It's really a big night because, uh, as Brad and I were talking about on the phone, the last time the Razorbacks and the Red Wolves played was 16 years ago. If you want to really split hairs, the Razorbacks and the Red Wolves have never played in women's basketball. You're right. right. Because they rolled in here and took on the Lady Indians in the 2005 WNIT. Um, Now, here's the, the good news is we are finally working ourselves toward a spot where this won't be big news right? Sure. when yeah. it happens. But, but it is big but news. But it still week. is. Yeah. It's still a big deal. It hasn't happened, as you said, since 05. And even then, you know, it wasn't the schools doing. It was made by the, the folks who put together the WNIT bracket, and it right. was a second-round matchup. So uh, so prior to that, you got to go back to uh, 1983. Then they played Man. in uh, 1980. Wow. And, and then – but there was some times actually th- – Women's basketball was so different back then. It wasn't a big deal. Uh, and so the, the schools in the state were kind of their own conference. So they played twice in 1980, twice in 1979, and then 
once in 78 and once in 77. That's crazy. This will be the ninth time ever, but really the, the, the first time in a regular season game, probably in, you know, close to 40 Third, years. Yeah. Wow. That number's crazy to me because forever I thought we weren't going to see this. We didn't think we were going to see the Razorbacks play the Red Wolves or the Indians in any sport, and all of a sudden they've they've kind of loosened that up. Yeah, or Little Rock or UCA or Arkansas sure. Pine Bluff, and and what happened is, you know, you, you've got it, because this is a, a a long standing. I mean, decades and decades and decades prior to Frank Burles, John Barnhill started that to not do in state competition, and and, and you could, obviously it just sort of took root and cemented itself during Frank Brawls because he had a you know half century or whatever it was. Right. Well, as administrations have cycled through, as coaches have cycled through, you get people that like that either didn't know that was a thing before they got to Arkansas, or even when they found out it was a thing and stuck with it, they're like, this really doesn't make a lot of sense. Right. And so finally, a few years back, you know, Arkansas did this kind of in waves. It started out with this, hey, first we – they came and said, we're going to compete against schools in the system. Right. So it meant they are going to play Arkansas Pine Bluff and Arkansas Little Rock. Mm-hmm. Did that and figured out. And what was kind of a key moment in that is Little Rock went to Fayetteville the first time in baseball and beat the brakes off of them. Right. And two things happened. The sun came up the next day, <laughs> and that Arkansas team went to the College World Series. Right. So in fact, it didn't, didn't hurt them a sure. lick. right. Uh, and so, but it's great for the fans. It is, and so now, so then they eventually expanded into, hey, we'll play any of the end states, and uh, you know, women's basketball is one of the first ones to get it done. Uh, you know, Dave Van Horn, their baseball coach, was key in this because he griped a lot that he had four other programs in the state that he couldn't play midweek games against. Right. He'd go further away sure. or to bring in people to play midweeks when he had four programs in the state he couldn't touch. So he's been key in getting that done, and and their women's coach Mike Neighbors. Big two in the fact that you know he he wanted to play everybody in the state and agreed to not just play Arkansas State but start it coming to Jonesboro. Yeah. So what's the vision behind us getting the first game? Well, when this was first done, you know, part of it was you know they they, might, they may have been looking at the the split of home and road games. Maybe they needed a road game, but one big part of it is you know they've got Alana Eaton who graduated from Nettleton. Right. Uh, she was a freshman last year. Uh, even though she tore an ACL and would have redshirted anyway, she got that. Everybody got that year back because of COVID. The initial thought was, you know, they signed a four-year deal here and start in Jonesboro. If Alana was a sophomore this year, she'd get to play in Jonesboro twice in her sure. career. It's still true, uh, but that was, I think, part of the motivation of of them being as willing to, to start the series over here. So, how special will Friday night be when we go into First National Bank Arena, knowing the Red Wolves and the Razorback are, uh, the Razorbacks are going to play? It's been. 38 years since it was last scheduled. Uh, we get it at home. Uh, these teams are both young. They're hungry. Uh, the Red Wolves have scored tons of points mm-hmm. so far this season. It seems like the perfect storm coming together for a fun Friday night. It, well, it absolutely will be. And, you know, and thing Arkansas has got, they're young too, and they're young with a bunch of really, really talented kids from the state of Arkansas. Right. So they get it. Yep. And, you know, A State, uh, you know, they obviously they've got some Arkansas kids too. Each team's going to have a Nettleton Lady Raider on the floor Friday night, uh, which is cool. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, it's not lost on any team. And, and you know, both teams are, are hearing that this is not your run-the-mill, just pick up non-conference game, right. that, that it, it, it's it got a little extra to it. So coming up on Friday night, again, it's A-State women's basketball as the Red Wolves take on the Razorbacks at home 
at uh, First National Bank Arena. The Flying Hounds are going to be there. I know you've had the chance to see those dogs. Uh-huh. It's a crazy trick dog show with Frisbees flying every which way and dogs running all over the place. So that's a fun halftime thing. There's a throwback T-shirt and button promotion they're doing. So if you get there early, the throwback T-shirts, have you seen them? I did, and it, it's the it's basically made to like the front of the jerseys from 05. Oh, yeah. cool. They look real cool. Yeah, the button is, looks It is cool, yeah. yeah it, 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 it's pretty cool. And then I get to host the game, the first women's game that I can remember hosting in ages. Awesome. So, and, and, I'll be, and I'll have the TV call, which would be interesting because, you know, this would be the second one of these I've called. The first one, I mean, it, you know, clearly the voice of the Lady Indians sure. doing Arkansas State's That's radio wild. call. Wow. This time, it's down the middle. Ooh, you got to call it right down the middle. Yeah, because <clears throat> we're not doing, you know, either team's broadcast. Right. So that that'll be interesting. Yes. It's gonna be fun, isn't and, it? And it really, it will be fun. And and I and I kid about it being hard. The truth is, um, it, it won't be that hard. And I'll tell you why. And I've just, I've got a lot of respect for their program over there and their coaches. Uh, not just Mike Neighbors and the job he's done there and his willingness to do this, but his associate head coach Todd Schaefer is a good friend of mine. Used to be an assistant over here, so plenty of friendly faces over there. And so it won't be hard to. Give them a fair shake. There you go. It's Friday night, First National Bank Arena, A-State. <clears throat> and, the, and the Red Wolves take on the Razorbacks. You can still get tickets at astateredwolves.com slash tickets. And Brad Bobo joins us. I guess you'll have more on this on your show later on today. Yeah, it probably will come up. <laughs> it's the drive on our sister station, 95.3 The Ticket. This is the K-Fine Breakfast Club, powered by Families, Inc. Brandon Baxter in the morning. So if you go back and check out today's Brandon Baxter in the morning podcast, you'll hear our chat with Coach Matt Daniel, the head coach of the women's basketball team at Arkansas State, as we prepare for the Red Wolves versus the Razorbacks. That happens on Friday. We also talked to Brad Baker about the Lions TV auction. Also on the show today, Kim Provost of NEA Baptist. We walked through the entire Christmas tree lighting, of which I get to be a part of coming up on Sunday. As I read, uh, Twas the Night Before Christmas. Y'all just look for the guy dressed up in Buddy the Elf. I'm going to have to work on that. Uh, Hillary Tricky's on with the Jonesboro JCs talking about the Christmas for Kids toy drive. And uh, we talked to Brad Bobo about A-State women's basketball and Dr. Kevin Reed with COVID for your pets. All that on today's podcast. It is the Brandon Baxter in the Morning podcast, which is available wherever you get podcasts. Kelly Perry. What's on TV tonight? The Masked Singer, the Alter uh, alter Ego semifinals, the second season premiere of Tiger King on Netflix, the season premiere of Kendra Sells Hollywood. So she's back on a reality show, Kendra Wilkinson, the oh, playmate. Uh, <clears throat> you told me you were already DVR'd that show. No, I, I know who she is. Okay. Though. And then tonight's schedule also includes DC's Legends of Tomorrow, Batwoman, CSI Vegas, and a million little things. Hope you guys have a great day and we'll talk to you back here tomorrow morning on Brandon Baxter in the morning.